I'm Marlene Sokol-Stewart, and this is my podcast, Athcast Music, the music of Athens, Georgia, now and then. Welcome. My guest today is someone who is born and bred in Athens, Georgia, who played music for 64-plus years with bands such as The Jesters, The Grains of Sand, Reverend Tribble Deacon, Take Five, just to name a few. He toured with the Jesters, an R&B band that played Motown hits and opened for iconic acts like Marvin Gaye, The Platters, Jerry Butler, and Jackie Wilson, just to name a few. And because the R&B music that they played fit into the Carolina beach music scene, they played many places along the beach in the coast of Carolinas. I have with me Donnie Whitehead. In my conversation with Donnie, he reminisces about his days with the Jesters, how he credits his mother for his musical journey, and his days growing up here in Athens, Georgia. There aren't many artists from his era left, and I had a great time going down music history lane with Donnie Whitehead. Welcome, Donnie, to our podcast. My podcast, I should say. I don't I say Kayla and my podcast because she's my savior of recording and engineering this whole thing for me because I wasn't really sure if I could ever do this technically. (laughs) And Tweed Recording Studio came into my life, and it's been an incredible relationship, I guess I say. I'm not really even sure where to start with you because, wow, I know I want to be able to extract so many memories from you. And I'm probably going to let you do most of the talking because it's so much. And You've been a musician for so long, so, so long, but you and I kind of grew up in the same era, mm-hmm. and rhythm and blues was definitely what I cut my teeth on Right. as far as music. Um, my sister is teaching me how to do the jitterbug and the monster mash and the jerk, and you know everybody's <laughs> doing the locomotion and you know all that. I grew up on that, so right. I'm not far from you. Um, but let's talk first about you growing up in Athens. I hardly ever meet somebody born and bred in Athens. And, you know, I think that's pretty cool. It's just like Atlanta. You can't even find anybody, you know, that's come from Atlanta anymore. Um, but I live with a a historian by nature. Mm-hmm. And so I think a little bit of it's rubbed off on me. And so that's why I'm really excited to hear about your your days here in Athens and what was your childhood like and how did you, you know you get back how did you get into this music thing? Well, thank you. I, I Athens has changed dramatically over the over the years and you know all for the even the nine years since I've been here even the nine yeah. years since you've been here all for the better I think and I, it's been a it's been a honor to grow up here and still be here. I attended public schools here and. Uh, Started music. Uh, my mother really got me started. I went to one of the elementary, and they had a little thing called a rhythm band where you played sticks and chimes and triangles and those kind of things. So she got me started early on, before even first grade, playing in the rhythm band. And we'd go around playing different venues and places, you know. And uh, and then uh, she got me started on piano when I was in the first grade. Oh wow! So you you know how to play piano too? Well, let me let me. Or, oh, let me, okay. Let me, <laughs> and, I, and I took for eight years. I they they wound up sending me to a military school when I was in the 
the ninth grade. So I was the only guy out of 450 guys taking piano at an all-girls school across the street. What school? Uh, it was called GSCW then. It's now Georgia College for Women. And uh, Georgia College, Georgia State College in Milledgeville. Milledgeville. Okay. We call, we call the girls, the Georgia State College for Women, we call the girls Jessie's. And, uh, but anyway, uh, I snuck away from the piano lessons and my mother never knew it. She kept sending the checks and, and the guy told her at Christmas time, he says, no need to send any more checks cause he's not coming. But anyway, I, I was playing saxophone then. I started saxophone in the fourth grade here in public schools. And back then, uh, we had, uh, the different schools, Mr. Burns, who was the band director would go around to the different schools and elementary schools and teach students the art of music. Nice. And then we had Chase Street School was like once a month, we would get all these school students together at this place called the Band Hut. Oh. <laughs> From like Bear Elementary and Alps Road Elementary and Child Street and Chase Street. And we put that band together and we'd all practice the same thing, you know, uh, individually uh, or as units with these schools. Then he put it all together. And we'd have a concert, so that's how they did that back then. Wow! So he was a he was a big mentor for me in my life, and uh, then I went to middle school and had Johnny Demas, who was my middle school band director, and there I started playing oboe and saxophone. I played oboe all the way into high school and into college, as well as saxophone. Very different, you know, mus- instruments, but. Well, but you still have to blow them. You see, yeah. <laughs> Double read versus a single yeah, read. So. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, then Bill Robinson was also my band director. When I got back to high school, Mr. Burns, of course, was a high school band director. And when he uh, when he left my senior year, at the end of my senior year, he left and went to Gainesville Junior College as director of the music department there. He gave all the jesters who were going to Athens High School a music scholarship as kind of a core group. In, in the in the in the college, that was the first year of the college, so we all attended Gainesville Junior College on the music scholarship. So you met the jesters, the founding members. Uh huh. Which which people? I met. Well, of course, I went to school with David and Bobby Prince. Okay. Freddie Seagraves, Bill McDonald, Davis Cosby, and uh, there was some Freddie Brown was in there along the way. There's been a lot of different members to the gestures over the years. Oh my gosh. I'm I when I was looking at some of the names here, I mean, that's that's a lot of names. It's a lot of names. Well, how many members were in the gestures like at once? Because the picture I'm looking at, there's what? Ten? Probably seven there, eight. We had up to eleven at the at the end of the in two thousand fourteen, we had eleven members. So did you guys just say, hey, we want to do the same thing? Or how did you get together to do the, the music that you wanted to do, which is, you know. I'm- well, we, we were all big fans of R&B. I mean, the local, our local heroes here were people like Bennett Johnson, who taught music at, uh, at a school here, and Charles Terman, who was a great drummer. Bennett was a great bass player and vocalist. And they played with the band, uh, The Grains of Sand and The Tropics, which was a 1960s all-black group. And so when we, later on, after I left the Jesters, after the Jesters retired, we had we'd been in the grains of sand, and we had asked one of the founding members if it was okay if we continued to use that name. We didn't have the Tropics, because the Tropics were the singers 
for the grains of sand back in the 60s. But we tried to emulate as young people. We would hear them playing at fraternity parties and all kind of parties, the different venues here in Athens you could go to, and we tried to emulate what they did because that's what we that kind of instilled the spirit of rhythm and blues in us. So let me get this a little bit straight because okay. I'm not sure I followed the timeline here. So okay. you went to school, the gestures and you started playing, mm-hmm. or you started playing with them. I don't mm-hmm. whatever way they started in '64, yeah. and then they, then they added then they added me in '65. So we okay. had three horn players. We had Bill McDonald, okay, Harold Williams, and myself. Okay, now Harold was one of the founding members, right? Harold came. Yes, Harold's one of the fandom in it. That's correct. Cool. So then you guys just wanted to continue doing that together. We did. We did. And we and along the way they added a, a larger horn section, which consisted of Billy Young and Scotty Petrowski. Uh back here. I'm looking at a picture. Uh, Sorry, well, folks, you can't see it, but that's, that's you go okay. online and look up Donnie Whitehead <laughs> and the that's gestures. Okay. And we had Joel Eisner, who is here, and uh he played keyboards. And oddly enough, at that time, we didn't have a bass player. He played the bass part on the keyboards. Oh, my gosh. So we had... I, how do you, Oh, well, I took piano lessons for about a week, so... Right. I don't... I, I, <laughs> but I guess people do all kinds of things with the piano anymore. And he did a great job with it. He did a wonderful job with it. So then Joel left the band, and Cleon Nally came in, who played bass, he was from Gainesville. Once we went to Gainesville, we, we incorporated a guy named Artie Christopher, who was a singer. He did all the James Brown, Wilson Pickett. That, he had that kind of a raspy kind oh, of a wow. voice. And then we had Steve Hartley and Harold Williams, who did the Temptation stuff and Jerry Butler and, and those kind of vocals. So how did you get out on the road so much? What, what happened? Well, we, were, we started out playing in Athens at that time. The only places you could play would be like the Elks Club, or fraternity parties, or... There was All a, these bars were not here? No. Were there any bars here? There were some bars here, but you didn't play in the bar. You, <laughs> you played at the private clubs. Okay. <laughs> and played at a place called Moena Michael, which was out where Hayward Allen Motor Company is now. Uh-huh. That was in Moena Michael, which is a premier music spot Oh wow! for bands to appear. I, the first time I played out there, I, I played with... Um, uh, Ronnie Millsap was playing there. Oh, I love Ronnie and, Millsap. And Al Hartley and the Heartbeats were backing Ronnie up, and somebody told Al, said, this guy's got a saxophone in his car. I tell you, won't you let him sit in? So Al let me sit in with him that night playing with Ronnie Millsap. <laughs> and I got a full-time job with Al playing saxophone for Al Hartley and the Heartbeats for, you know, I played with them for two or three years off and on. So they did the big Hugh Baby hops. Uh, and out of Atlanta, yes. Villa Rica. Yeah. Yes, yes, My mother yes. would drive me to these gigs because I wasn't old enough to drive or she'd hire somebody to take me. I hear that from so many um, musicians that I've talked to, that they were too young to play in some of these places, mm-hmm. but their moms drove them to. That's right. That's correct. That's I think correct. that's wonderful. That's a good mom. That's a good mom. That's right. <laughs> well, I, you know, as I said, I grew up on rhythm and blues mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, so it's it really it really is in I think the deepest part of music in my soul is rhythm and blues because it was the formative years of music. I get it. And um, you know, then you start getting into the late sixties. I was on the tail end of the sixties. I was still younger, maybe twelve, thirteen in the end of the sixties and mm-hmm. um 
maybe older, but, um, you know, so I didn't catch all the beginning of some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but I remember as a kid, I mean, watching Beach Blanket Bingo and all those beach movies mm-hmm. and the Elvis movies and, you know, um, and that was starting to become rock and roll. Right. So I kind of moved into that, but, and I, when I was reading, you you guys also played Carolina Beach music. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people said, "Bill, this is a beach band." We were more of an R and B band. Uh huh. It just so happens we were Stax fans. Stax music. Yes. Island the Nightingales, those songs, uh, those artists. We yes. emulated those guys and and girls, and uh, so we did more. R&B, and it just so happened that some of that music evolved into Carolina Beach music. Because you could shag to it, right? You could shag to it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, learning the jitterbug, I couldn't ever pick up shag. Really? I tried, but my my jitterbug, I mean, there there were some friends, because our our dear friend that just passed was the owner of Repeat Records, he and his buddy Ryan Carter and Mm -hmm. Pete Smolin. And they put out a bunch of beach records. Mm -hmm. And Ryan would try and teach me shag dancing, and... I, I could not do it. But he would. He and Karen were like smooth as glass doing the shag, and I thought it looked so much fun. And I never, I never could do it. Well, I, I we getting back to your question. We we played a lot of fraternity parties here. Mm-hmm. That because they were they had music and they had they hired us to come in and and do those fraternity parties. And along with uh, like the Elks Club, the Moose Club, we would play there. So are you telling me during the formation of the gestures mm-hmm. that those fraternities and those other places that you talked about where you went, R&B was pretty popular? Yeah, Georgia. Yes, ma'am. Because I, I don't know that I would have known that, that there was such a big um, R&B, po- um, what am I saying? an R&B um, fan, that, oh, yeah. that there was that many fans. Oh, yeah. Because still, you know, we had Bob Dylan still. We had, mm-hmm. you know, Neil Young. All those were coming out. Right. So I'm kind of surprised that Athens was still digging on the R&B and hadn't quite evolved, or were they evolving alongside well, the you R&B? Gotta, you got to remember, we started in 64, and it was kind of evolving kind of alongside. I mean, you know, we, we we're our highlight, or our high. Highlights of our years were 65, 66, 67, mm-hmm. 68. That's when we played Myrtle Beach in 68, Virginia Beach. We played fraternity parties all over the southeast from Mississippi to Kentucky to Florida to, you know, uh, and played in, in house bands at Virginia Beach at the Rhodes Gallery. Played at the Beach Club with where Cecil Corbett was the manager. Cecil really took us under his wing. Oh, I know Cecil Corbett. Cecil took us under his wing and made us kind of like uh, our first or their first job was at with Marvin Gaye at the Beach Club. Mm-hmm. So they picked up, picked that up, and Cecil kind of promoted us. Then, then with the Platters, and so the Platters were there, and the Platters said, "We'd like to get y'all to play with us when, whenever you're available, because we're doing this college circuit in the southeast. So if we weren't booked, we would go play with them at." At all these southern colleges like University of South Carolina, uh, Charleston at the Citadel, and 
uh, Elon. Now, did you travel on the road together or you just go to the city and meet up with them? No, we had a van. We had a 65 Dodge van and a car. <laughs> and we'd, go to, we'd all, go to, all go together. We'd, oh, wow. So most of us went to Gainesville Junior College. Were, yeah. was, Cleon was at Georgia at that time, Cleon Alley. So uh, we'd usually take Cleon's car. And this 65 Dodge van we had. We had, we throw a mattress <laughs> in the back of that thing on top of the equipment and two people could sit in front and then, you know, six people could go in the car. And, oh, my gosh. That's funny. But uh, we I all mean, traveled together. You kind of see that stuff in, a, in a, a lot of different pictures and stuff, but it must have been quite the road trip. It was a road trip. <laughs> it was a road trip. A lot of fun. So – um, was your mother disappointed that you didn't pay, play piano? A little or bit. Was she okay? A little bit. She was a little disappointed, but you know, she she didn't. She never gave me a lot of grief about that. She didn't. I, I think it's wonderful that she started you on percussion because I didn't. I didn't start my kids dancing on and playing percussion, but you know, I would put them on my feet right. and play some R and B or right. something to show them the rhythm. And the beat, right. and you know, teach them how to kind of step back and forth first, and then up and back, right. and all that stuff. And uh, my son loves to dance. Well, I think he the loves great, to dance, the, I think the great thing not about that he it dances is, rhythm and blues or anything, right. but he definitely learned some beats. I think the great thing about it is you know just simple things like learning to read the bass cliff and the treble cliff, and and that sticks with you over the years, and it's really helpful. I still can read music because I tried to play the guitar once, but okay. it didn't work out for me. <laughs> Neither did the piano, so, but I don't know. My mother actually had a baby grand piano in our living room, and she played by ear. Okay. That's what my mother did, too. Yes, basically. she, she played by, by ear. Um, we lost her at a young age, but that that's one of the things that I remember about my mother is her playing that piano in wow. the living room. And, and that's what made me want to go take lessons. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't her. Well, <laughs> I was definitely not her. <laughs> uh, so when you and the band members, you know, started in the beginning, you say there was seven to 11 players, right? Mm -hmm. How in the world does that many members get together and make it jive and sound good and everybody is like all in one place well i think i credit with i credit billy young the manager he was a trumpet player and also the manager i credit Billy for keeping this unit together all those years because of his ability to uh work with 11 uh, anywhere from eight to 11 different personalities and would he just say okay now you come in and then you do this and this and this no or not, he was strict with the business agent oh okay he was davis Cosby, the guitar player was a musical director oh, for that band. Okay. And so he would come And he in, went on to be with what? Sea Level? Sea Level and, and, yeah. and Randall Bramlin. Yeah, and right, right, Randall. So forth. Unfortunately, and yeah, as we know, he... He's passed away. They were now really good friends, as all of us were. We were just like a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And so we've lost a lot in that brotherhood over the years now. Yes, that's um, kind of when we were talking before that you were telling me that. And uh, that's probably... a. a I mean, it's hard for anyone to lose people that you love, including my friend Pete from, right. and everything. But, it, you know, it happens and everything. But you just feel like 
who's gonna who's gonna remember us? And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because maybe this is gonna be recorded and out there forever. And somebody's gonna come upon it one day and they're gonna hear about the gestures, or they're gonna hear about the grains of sand, or or they're gonna know who Donnie Whitehead was. <laughs> well, I you know, I, it's interesting that uh you know there was there was a music scene in Athens long before some of the other big name bands came along. And tell, tell me a little bit about that. About the music scene here? Yeah, when you were growing up and how it was, what well, was really going on besides your stuff? Well, it's, it was, uh, they would have at the chapel on Wednesday nights, they would have free concerts at the university in the chapel, classical music. My mother used to take me to that every Wednesday night. And that was a great, and it didn't cost anything. You just walked in, and, and then they had Memorial Hall, which was also the premier at the university for uh, talent shows and other musical acts to come into town and play that the university sponsored. And, and what kind of acts would come in? Well, the Marine Corps band would come in and play, for example, and, and they would have talent shows with local bands, Battle of the Bands there. Uh, it was a... Uh, it was quite a place. And even before that, wasn't the Morton Theater? I mean, the Morton Theater was Duke I, Ellington. Yeah, and, all that was here before before I was. Yes, yes. I uh, mean, I read all about that. Right. And you know, it was a place for black people to come. It is. And and they didn't really, and they would come from everywhere. Right. To to, to the Morton Theater. Right. Um, it's a pretty cool theater still, and it's pretty cool that we still have that theater. It's a great theater. When I first got married. Uh, Vietnam War was going on, and the only job I could get was reading gas meters, because <laughs> <And laughs> I was, I was, and I, I can remember going into the Morton Theater and reading the gas meter, which was up in the top of the uh, Morton Theater in the oh. basement or somewhere. <laughs> I can't remember, but that was the first time I'd ever been in that theater. Yeah, and it was, it was, it was not in the best of shape back then in the, in the late sixties, early seventies. So they've done a fantastic job in renovating that and. And, and done a great job with that over the years. And they've done a good job with the hot corner. Oh, yeah. You know, the mural. Uh, sometimes I'll just walk down that street and just stand there and look at it for mm-hmm. I don't know how long. Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a big folk artist person. I got you. And I like, uh, even though that wasn't quite folk artist art, but it still uh, was was painted as such um, in, in such a way that you definitely saw the history of what happened. Mm-hmm. During that era, mm-hmm. I don't know what else was going on at that hot corner myself, but I know the Morton Theater was basically, right. you know, the biggest part of it. Well, it was kind so, of a, it was kind of a hub of the black community. They had barbershops, they had restaurants. I mean, it was it was a it was a place. It was a place. It was a place. <laughs> it was an area of downtown they could call their own. That's right. That's right. Which is nice. That's what I mean. You're telling me these things, and I'm, you know, I keep on saying, "Oh, Athens is such a special place," and people get sick of me saying it. But the fact of what you're telling me right now—that they could have this area and nobody bothered them—and well, probably not nobody, but um, that they had their section, they had the place to go, they had history, they had these musicians, big musicians coming mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep on finding out more and more musicians that played there, mm-hmm. and. I guess during the day, there wasn't many places for those people to play. No, I don't think so. So You know, the 60s brought about, I think the 60s brought about 
uh, 50s and 60s, late 50s, early 60s, mid 60s, late 60s. Uh, I think the music of that era brought both races together in a unique way. Uh, I know traveling with the platters, we we were, uh, I'll give you an example, we were in Spartanburg, South Carolina, playing a show with them. We left and went to the Pizza Hut, and uh, they they came in. They were standing up. We said, y'all sit with us. Come on over here and sit. So now we had order hours to go. And then when the guy, when the manager found out that we were traveling with them, he wouldn't serve us either. That's like, uh, what's that movie? The Green Book? The Green Book, I guess, yeah. Have you, have you seen I'm that? Not, I haven't seen Oh, you it. should see it. Because it's exactly what you're talking about. But anyway, we but yeah. they, the platters were like, we traveled them off and on for a year. They were like parents on the road. And uh, they would we would play, for an example, playing Rock Hill, South Carolina. They had these two Mercury Marquee station wagons that they used to travel in. We would pack up. They would go ahead and go to Rock from Rock Hill to Spartanburg and book a motel room with adjoining rooms you know, for us to stay in and with them. And... Uh, and then our parents got to started coming when we were close enough for them to come see us. They would come and bring pies and cakes, and <laughs> and then the platters loved them and loved us, and we loved them, and it was a great experience and a, and one I'll treasure for forever. Yes, know. yes, and, uh, I'm. I can't even imagine actually what the. I mean, I can. I went to a school in New Jersey that's that um, was mostly black people, mm-hmm. and. Um, during the time of my era and decade and whatever there, um, there were a lot of riots. But I just never let that bother me. Um, I had a lot of black friends, and I mean, I had people sticking up for me mm-hmm. sometimes. I kind of have a big mouth in, <laughs> in those days, and some sometimes people want to beat me up. <laughs> Imagine that. But no, they would, but I had friends who would protect me. Uh, <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> I've I've learned a little bit to shut my mouth. Not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's uh, okay. Some things are just never change. That's right. But I have to ask you one thing before I forget. Can okay. you shag? Can I shag? Yes. My wife and I took shag lessons, but I tell you what, if you don't do it, you forget how. And playing almost so much. We never we rarely ever had an opportunity to go and yeah. Together and dance. She would go with me to the gigs sometimes and but uh, to be able to dance it was not a it was an unusual thing. I could never get that little kick that you do before the step. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was my biggest thing. Uh, but let's go on to some of the well, so they you guys got back together in eighty two, wasn't it? 80, eighty two. Yeah. And why? What made you all decide you want to do something like that? <laughs> well, I was working the second shift at Reliance Electric <laughs> Company, and uh, Harold called me. And we were talking. He said, uh, he said, let's get the band back together. I said, well, Harold? <laughs> he said, I don't think Billy's got a trumpet. I'm not sure Freddie's got a set of drums. He said, well, I've already booked a job at Smokes downtown for us on a, the, 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 the weekend that, <laughs> well, when school lets out in December. End of that quarter semester, and he says, uh, "He says we can do it. I know we can do it." So we got together and it smoked the week before. How many people? I think it was a total of uh, probably ten. No, nine or ten. 
he put ten people together from the from that from from that, from that, that group, band yeah from, from that, group. that group and uh, we played that gig and that house was packed and I you know it uh, uh oh it 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 lit a fire and so then we played the next night there we played Friday night and Saturday night we had the house packed both nights. So from that point forward, we played O'Malley's. I don't know if you were here when O'Malley's was here, but oh, no. down on the river, uh, the university now owns that property, but it was an old sewing plant down there, and they turned it into a club right on the river. It had a big, huge deck, and uh, we played there the, the end of the semester before Christmas and the end of the semester in in the spring, and we would have coming in and out. There would, there would be eight hundred people there. Just figure off the deck into the into the dance hall and back out, and it would be sold out every weekend. We did that for years. We played the Cherry Blossom Festival in Macon for from eighty five until probably ninety five, probably ten years, and uh, just had a had a great experience. It was like like I say, like a brotherhood. And the older we got, the more we appreciated each other. I hated being so young during that era and not being able to go see mm -hmm. live music like mm -hmm. that. I really did. Um, but we definitely played our records. Yeah. We definitely danced. And um, I was from a large family. And sometimes we just danced with each other. Sure, sure. <laughs> and, but we had Friday night dances at our school and mm -hmm. things like that all the time. Right. And well, that's what so, we did. Yeah. We Here we had uh, at Athens High School, it was uh, after every home game, it would be a, a dance. With a live band. Oh, cool! So we had, we had bands like the Athens Rogues, uh, the Axemen, the Jesters, the Gentiles. Oh, wow! They would play those after football parties, and it was great. I mean, there was, it was a, it was a time that I don't think kids this day and time have that. Oh no! Have we, that uh, <laughs> uh, opportunity to enjoy that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, we sound like in my generation or in my day and all that. I know. But you know what? It's so complicated now. It is complicated. It's too complicated. It's too complicated. It was so simple. It was. I mean, yeah, there was riots and differences and those kind of things in the Vietnam War. And, you know, we definitely had problems. But, oh, yeah. But not like on the level we have right now. No, I don't think so. And we and I hate that. You know, I just pray that we get through this and can learn to be a society again. Well, I'm glad I live in Athens, Georgia during all this because Athens is a very welcoming town still. Well, thank you. And um, you know, we moved here because we bought a house for my daughter and mm -hmm. when she was going to school here. And mm -hmm. I, I just got tired of the land of traffic and oh, yeah. all that. So I said, you know, let when she she left and somebody rented it and I, and I was like, let's go. <laughs> and my husband and I have not looked back one second. And even though I haven't been able to, to work in the music business here, it's been in the back of my head for the last five years. Mm -hmm. And just because of... Um, just all my learning and my my husband playing and bringing so much music to me um, probably wouldn't know as much as I know now. And it, I just, it, it, it just kills me. He just, oh, yeah, I, they had this out. Mm -hmm. They had that out. He named two of your songs. I mean, you know, just, <laughs> I'm like, why aren't you coming doing this with me? You know, you, you've got the good, you were there. Oh, <laughs> but, um. 
So yeah. So now <laughs> I just have to ask you. You play with Reverend Connor Dribble. I did. And the Deacons. And the Deacons. I, I one of my, one of he, he's a little cray cray. Well, I, I love Connor. <laughs> Connor's just a he's just a unique individual. I met him at an art gallery at his art opening. Uh-huh. I met Connor, <laughs> but I didn't really know it was Connor. Right. Like I didn't you know know it was Dribble. And so we talked a little bit there, but um, but I, I, you know, caught a little glimpse of him here and there. But I saw you on your knees playing your saxophone. <laughs> I just want to know how you got up. Well, it's, it's carefully. <laughs> no, nah, that was a great group, a great rock and roll group. And Dean Quinter played drums, and Greg Ville played bass, and Connor played guitar, and. We had a we had a great time. It was a great, lot of fun playing with that group. It's kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show. It kind of is, but uh, the Athens version. It kind of <laughs> is, but it's so, a great, great group. Yeah. Um, and then what what's what went on with the grains of sand? I mean, well, you asked them about keeping the name and everything. Well, we they did it. Was not, the grains of sand in the tropics from back in the sixties were no longer no longer playing? Right. And there was a group here just using the that we played with, and uh, we asked Dwight if he minded if we kept using that name. One of the members of the band did. I didn't, but uh, he said, sure. And so the Grains of Sand was just an offshoot of the gestures, kind of. Scotty, Scotty and I, Scotty Petrowski, mm-hmm. uh, and I uh, were members of the gestures. And then there's Greg Ville and, and Dean Quinter again playing drums, Greg on bass. Uh, Greg Smith on on keyboards and Jody Warrell on guitar. Uh, and are some of those guys still here? Well, Jody's from Atlanta. He's from Tucker. Okay. Greg Smith's from Lawrenceville. Scotty lives in Nicholson. Uh, yeah, close enough. And then <laughs> yeah, it's close enough. But it was a but we just call it an Athens based band. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Bowman plays trumpet also. So we had a three piece horn section. But everybody sang vocals, lead vocals, except for maybe one. Oh, okay. But everybody had a song. And the, the whole premise of the thing was to have not only to spread out the the workload, but to just be able to show the versatility of the guys in the band that a lot of bands don't do that. A lot of guys have one or two singers, and that's about it. You but know? I, it probably created a very, very full sound that it did. the you know instruments kind of lifted up. It did. It did. So it uh, it worked out very well, I think, and they're still playing. They are. Oh yeah, they are. They're playing. In, they'll be at the Madison County Fair on September twenty sixth oh, on a Tuesday, which is a great venue for families. Yes, and it's. Uh, we've been there with them uh, several times. They do a lot of stuff there. Well, they and then they play Marriott on the Square uh, mm-hmm. the, the next Friday night after that, and I think they play in Rome, Georgia, the Saturday after that Friday in Marietta. But not you. But not me. <laughs> I still play in church occasionally, and I played with a. There's a band called Midlife Crisis out of Gainesville. Uh-huh. Friends of mine that uh, I played with recently, and I I'll sit in occasionally with people. But I, I tell you, getting there at three o'clock for sound check, in some cases one o'clock, and not playing till eight o'clock, and then playing three or four hours, then getting out and trying to get home. Yeah, it just took its toll on me. I, I know. I, I traveled a lot in the music business and at um, World Championship Wrestling. It seemed like I was always gone. I know. I was so glad to be back home 
after a while. I know the grains but, of sand. The last year I played with them, which is not a lot in some cases, but we played 52 times that year for a bunch of old guys. And we do some three-night runs. Like we play Thursday night in Florence and Friday night in Myrtle Beach and Saturday night in St. Simons. Wow. It'd take me till Tuesday or Wednesday to get over that. <laughs> well, so. I'm looking at these songs. So if we were to play something at the beginning and the end of this podcast, you have so many things. What's one of your favorites? Uh, gosh. I know there's a bunch of my favorites here. Well, I like, uh, let me see that. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, uh, George on My Mind's a good one. I've Got a Sure Thing is a great song. Uh, let's see. And it's hard to pick from. Hard to handle. I know. That's why I'm asking you. Hard to handle is a good song. <laughs> let me see. Let me see. Uh, there was one. I loved um, "Shake a Tail Feather." Shake a Tail Feather. That was a fun song to dance to. Yeah, that to. was that was our for years. Unchain that was, my heart. Oh, that's a great one. That's a good tune. That's a good one. That was uh, "Shake a Tail Feather" was our Showtime show for our song. Ain't that for a peculiar? Long time. Yep, that's a great song. Ain't too bad, big. Love that. I mean, I, this is. I can't wait to play this in my car. Okay, I'm gonna be cruising on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be saying, I love to drive. I think I'm a reincarnated trucker. Oh, really? So I love to just drive with you know and listen to music just to and tuned. yep, and yeah. and do these things. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming. Well, thank you for having um, me. But I really appreciate you being here. It's been so much fun. Well, thank you. I can't even imagine being here. I would have loved it. I would have loved it during that time. Mm -hmm. I would have loved it during, I mean, I was in, we had record stores during the REM and widespread panic right. and all that stuff. And we sold oh, yeah. a lot of those oh, records. Yeah. I actually yeah. have an early REM album cover that they all signed. And sure. So um, we, we were big fans and um, uh, of, of them and some of the music coming out of Athens. But I still look back and I, and I, there's a, there's a woman who posts on Facebook some old pictures of Athens all the time mm -hmm. and or a, or a club or a old musician. Yes. Yeah. And I love her site. I just love it. I don't know where she digs this stuff up sometimes, <laughs> but she does. And I just love it. And I wished I was here some days. I wish I could go back in time, but I can't. So. I wish I could pick the time I could go back to. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But you helped me really feel and understand some of the things that were happening then. And well, and what a great thing for you to be remembering. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Again, I really thank Donnie Whitehead for coming and talking to me today. He really gave me so much information about the days of growing up in Athens, Georgia, and the beginning of the music scene here. And the history of places that are not only in the history books, but in the history of the Athenians who were there those days. Here's a little bit of the gestures. 